I'm so glad we have Chris Aiken on Good Company. This is amazing. I've made it. I've made it to the big time. I'm on Good Company. Yes, dude. And then we got Johnny, our co-host. What's going on, you guys? Good to see you. Dude, uh, I've been listening to, to uh, Chris Aiken every morning on my way to work. That's my routine, you know? And so <laughs> when me and you became friends and you're calling me and Bluetoothing through my, my, uh, my truck, I'm like, I, it was kind of a trip because I'm like, am I listening to the podcast or is Chris talking to me? Because I'm so used to hearing your voice, you know, all <laughs> well, these I podcasts. I drop less F-bombs on the phone. I'll put it that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I get the nice Chris on, on the phone. Yeah, you know? Exactly. <laughs> well, well, today is like a official. We've, we've uh, announced that Good Company is on the CMS network. Yes. Very excited about that, man. It's great to have you on the network. And, you know, like like I tell everybody, I don't just bring everybody on. I really don't. I've, I'm very, very picky about wow. who. But, and everybody has to bring something that I don't have. I mean, you are, you are show number 10 that has joined the network and every single one of them is different. And that's what I, that's, that's what I like. One, you know, I, I have two kind of qualities that I look for. One has got to be different. I don't want to have 10 shows talking about kiss because there's enough of that out there, you know? And, and so I want to have different, I want to have different shows and I want it to be pro and your show is obviously highly pro. So, you know, I mean, everything that you've done to this point and now even switching over to doing the zoom thing, you, you made the transition without it, you know, going to suck. You know, it it's it's um you know makes it easy to make a decision of yeah quality interviews, good good look, you know, as far as the the show looks itself, and you know, and me and you've been talking for a couple of two three years now, I guess at this point, maybe even more. <laughs> and I know you're not a dick, so that you know makes it easy. <laughs> hey man, well I appreciate that though, man. That's uh that's really cool, and and you know we'll probably do more big interviews like like the ones I started with as sure. well and kind of mixing these zooms um, yeah. Dude, I, I mean it, it, it's when you make the transition like for us for for especially cms it was a huge transition to switch to video just in general because mm. we had done you know we had done 15 years of audio but in different cities so you know i had really trained myself to just kind of know neely's cues and everything no you know, like he has certain phrases and stuff that he says that I would just know, okay, that's leading to a stop where I can jump in. And then, and then when we switched to video, it got like really, it felt really foreign to me because <laughs> it was like, I, I'm not used to seeing the other guy. And, and quite honestly, when we first switched, then we were talking all over each other. Because when you're looking at somebody, it's just like when you're at the bar, of course you talk all over each other <laughs> at the bar, you know, and, and it was a different vibe. I mean, look, anytime you switch any technology, it's a different, you know, it's a different vibe and it's a different medium and, and it does feel a little different, but once you settle into it, and I think you're going to find too, for you, for, for good company, you're going to get a lot more people that are willing to do the show. Cause you know, it's one thing. Yeah, I know you treat them all first class and Lord Nelson has sung me stories about how great it was. You treated them and everything and bands love that. But at the same time, they love it more if it takes a half hour out of their day instead of three days, mm. you know, so yes. I, I think you're going to see quickly that you'll get you'll get much more willing guests. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, in fact, we're just talking to uh, Marcus from POD and he's like, after I drop my kids off soccer practice, I'll be on your show. and. Like you said, that would have never happened before. I mean, before sure. on the show, it would take like a month of, of planning. But, but yeah. you're right though; it, the convenience is is there. Mm -hmm. And it's, and you're not losing really any. This is so in the second and in the tenth of the second, the the way the conversations go, that it doesn't feel as. It's not like the old days where I mean, you remember when when even when CNN or Howard Stern or whoever was first doing you know, distance interviews or, or conversations. It'd be like, so what do you think about that? <laughs> well, I think it's great. You know, it was, it, it always felt weird and awkward where now it's, you know, I say something, you say something, it's just instant. It's just like, we're in the same room. Yes, definitely. Um, 
Can you explain to the audience, I guess, and Johnny uh, 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 about the CMS network? Because, I mean, you gave me just a, a kind of a brief summary on it, and it blew me away. And me trying to translate that to Johnny, I didn't do a great job. But, sure. Uh, yeah. Sure. Can you talk about that a little bit? The CMS yeah. network? Well, this the whole thing started right before the pandemic, I guess. And what it really was, it was it was two podcasts, myself and um, Bob Nelbandian, the late Bob Nelbandian, his Skull Sessions show. And we found that we were both just promoting each other's show every single week. Every time he would put out an episode, he was talking about us. Every time we would do CMS, we were talking about him. So we just sort of threw it together. Like, why don't we just kind of come together and start our own little network since we're promoting each other anyway? Let's bring it together. Let's put it all under one roof. And that's what we did. And we started, it was just those two shows. And then his co-host, Matt, he wanted to do stuff outside of the, the format that Bob, Bob liked, you know, like eighties hard rock and heavy metal. That's, that was his niche. And, um, Matt wanted to do like hardcore bands and doom bands and stuff like that. And, you know, nineties bands, like nineties thrash band, like Chimera and stuff like that. And I was all in, I'm, there's nothing I don't like. I like every kind of music. So I was good to do it. So we started aftershocks and that was a third show. Then for a little while, Toomey was on Toomey was the fourth show, but then Toomey obviously signed with Knotfest. So then Toomey was gone. And, but we, we just kind of through the course of it, we've built, we've added shows. And like I said, I, I, I got it in my head that I wanted to have a bunch of great shows. And the other thing that I really got stuck on was I I'm a music freak. I mean, I'm, I'm constantly looking for music and I'm, and if you guys do that at all, which I'm pretty sure you probably both do, you end up having to go all over the place to do it. You have to go to blabbermouth to get your news. You have to watch this show on this platform. You got to go to YouTube for that, for that show. You got to go to their website for this. Then if you want to listen to music, you got to go to Spotify or you got to go to an online station that you like or tune in or whatever it is. And I just was like, I don't want to do all that. That's too much of a mess for me. You know, I want it all in one place. And I am a tech, you know, my, one of my day jobs is I'm a tech, you know, a, a IT guy. So I had the, the ability to do all this stuff that I would, would have broken most other people. So I just did. And I built all of it. I built, I built the podcasting network with, you know, all our own RSS feeds and the feeds out to the podcasting networks, Apple or Google or Amazon or wherever. Then we started doing video and I taught myself and everybody else how to do video. And then I figured out, well, let's start putting the video up on YouTube and rumble and in, into the website and all this other stuff. So then, then I was just like, well, I want an app. So we built an app and we put an app up there that had that stuff on, but then the app had the capability to do radio stations. So then I partnered up with um, my partner, Corey Harker, and we built some radio cities, some online 24 seven <laughs> radio stations for different musical styles. And we put that on the app. And now, you know, literally today, today is the day that it, this went kind of beta public. It's public, but it's beta is I wanted a 24 seven TV station to go with this whole thing. So I built a TV station, a streaming 24 seven TV station. That's going to have all the shows on it on schedules plus clips in between, you know, from the various shows. And then when certain shows go live, whether it's CMS or um, Chris Aiken presents or Seth Williams show, whatever they'll have, they'll be live in video on a TV thing that you can watch on your computer, your tablet, your phone, your app uh, television. Cause we have, you know, of, of the many things that I've built, two of the things that I built were Roku channels and Amazon channels. So I'm, I, I mean, I'm freakish with this stuff. I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell you any <laughs> stories and I'm not going to even be humble about, well, you know, it's just something I do. No, it's taken me a shit ton of time to do. Am I allowed to swear? I don't know. Yeah. 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 Right. <laughs> That's so funny. Sorry. A lot of people ask me that. That's so funny. Yeah. But I, I've spent a lot of time building this thing. 
And uh, I'm proud of it because, you know, I'm doing the work that, that a TV, like a, a media network would do. And it's just me and, you know, the guys that have shows, you know, you guys, you guys and myself are the talent. And then I do all the rest of it because I want it to be awesome. And I'm pretty confident that right now it's pretty awesome. It is awesome, man. Johnny, what do you think about all this, man? We joined this today. That was, uh, <laughs> that was awesome to hear Chris go into that, man. Like I, I know nothing about it. I can appreciate production and just a talent in general, but that's, that's a lot of hard work. It sounds like you've had to put into and a lot of nuance. Like, I don't, I don't even know what it takes to make a TV station. I mean, I'm thinking, well, you know, it takes Google. (laughs) 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 I could tell you, it's not that I'm brilliant. It's just that I know Google real well. And, and that's how I learned, you know, I'm, I'm definitely one of those guys that I, I, I watch things and I see how things work and, and I, I can learn it. I don't know why. I don't, I don't know why I have that gift, but it is the gift that I have. And, and I do like, you know, even building the podcast network for months, probably. And this is just before we were doing video or anything for months, I did nothing but watch everything that Anthony Cumia was doing on his network and gas digital, their network and podcast one. And I just studied their websites and I studied their, you know, what they were doing and the ability that they were doing it with. And every once in a while they would slip up and name the company that they were doing it with. So then I would look up the company and then I would, you know, I'd Google, how does that, how does this company, how does Zillow do video? Well, here's how they do it. Then I'd be like, well, let's see if I can't build that. And, you know, and and I just kind of, kind of did it. Brick by brick. Piece by yeah. piece. Yeah, man. Exactly. Solving problems and just making things happen. That's awesome. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. Well, you you know what, man? And this is the honest to God's truth. I have been, I, I consider myself to be on an 18 year vacation because I have not had to go to a cubicle in 18 years. I, you know, I have a, I have this IT business. I have the um, fifth largest pinball arcade in the country, you know, the, that are mine and that I've built. And, um, I've used this, this thing to teach myself everything, especially with the IT stuff. Um, I, what, all the stuff that I learned about doing IT uh, websites and apps and all that was from classic metal show was, it was literally, we needed a website. Oh, I guess I got to learn how to do that. You know? So I taught myself how to do it. And Later on, we wanted to do streaming audio way back in the day. So I taught myself how to do it because I didn't want to pay somebody to do it. I just was like, I'm not stupid. I can figure this out. And I did. And that's that's really how everything has come together. You know, that I use CMS and it it ended up making me a lot of money in my real life to where I can, you know, like I said, 18 years of vacation. I sit on my couch and I watch TV and work. What what could be worse? <laughs> You're an inspiration to many. <laughs> well, thanks. Okay, so I have a couple of questions. Um, okay, first of all, um, let's go back to Neely. Mm-hmm. When when did okay for Johnny who or anybody that doesn't know uh, your classic metal show? It's you and Neely, and you guys mm-hmm. been making podcasts before there was podcasting. Basically, right? I mean, it was right at the, yeah, like, very, the very be- yeah, right at the very, very beginning. It was like 2002 or three, maybe. I mean, it was it was so long ago that there was Apple didn't have a section of podcasts. They had like it just sort of came up in the search if you had a podcast. And um, and I I just kind of. I saw it as, I don't even remember how I probably heard like Mark Goodman, the guy from MTV. Cause I think oh, he yeah. invented podcasting oh. and, and, um, I, I heard him on TV or something talking about it and he was just talking about, yeah, you know, with these new devices, the iPod, you know, people will be able to broadcast their own thing. And I was like, Oh, that's interesting to me. Cause at the time I was on commercial radio and I was pretty miserable in commercial radio. I was doing, a commercial radio show. And I was a shock jock on commercial radio. It's not like it was something new, but you know, with commercial radio, there's shock jockery up to a line and then you have to stop 
<laughs> and then I was also at the same time doing CMS and there was, it was on the internet. So it was unfiltered. You know, it was really me dropping F-bombs all over the place. And it really got uncomfortable doing, doing the commercial radio. So when I heard about this podcasting thing, I was like, man, this is going to be a new way to get these, this show out to people. And all I got to do is learn a little bit of coding. So I learned some coding. I taught myself and like I was, I was doing it so long ago that I used to have to hand code the RSS feed that, that is used now by Apple or whatever. And I would code it and then I would load it to my website. And then I had to go to Apple's website and there was some kind of a switch type button that you had to push that told them that you had a new file on your, on your feed. And then you had to wait, you know, 12 hours to a day to whatever until they <laughs> cycled it and, and did it. But, but yeah, in the early day, I mean, in the early, early days, it was as far as hard rock and heavy metal goes, it was us talking metal, maybe one or two other guys. And that's it. There was nobody else doing it at the, in the earliest days. In the early days, we always talk, okay, but now, you know, Eddie Trunk comes up a lot of times, right? Sure. And uh, mm -hmm. the only reason I'm bringing that up is back in the day, did you guys know about Eddie Trunk? I mean, was he in the scene? I mean, he was doing radio probably. Yeah, he but was doing radio. I mean, I, I was aware of him from New York and, um, and I, I'm such a musicology guy as far as metal goes that I was certainly aware of him from the Megaforce days when he was working at Megaforce, like in the early eighties. And I have, I have a few friends that worked with him at Megaforce in those early days. So I certainly knew his oh, name, cool. you know, I, I knew his name. I didn't know, no Eddie. And, um, you know, and obviously the show does not get along super well with Ed, but <laughs> that's why I love it. It's so entertaining though. I love that. You well, know, it gives us yeah, you, dude, it's the weirdest thing. Like, for me personally, I don't have as much of a problem with Eddie as, yeah. as Neely does. I mean, I certainly don't mind calling him out when he says dumb things. And he and I did have a little Twitter thing where, because he, you know, he does love to take, take credit for everything. And he took credit for something that we did. And I just wasn't going to take it, you know, and, and, you know, for people that don't know, CMS is closely tied to Dockin. You know, Don, yeah. Don and Neely like are, are very best friends. Close friends. Yeah. yeah. And, and even for me, I'm really good friends with Don and John Levin as well. And to, to the point that I did Don's website for 10 years and, you know, I, I ran his merch store for several years. Like when he put out his solo record, I was the one, if you bought one, you bought it and I mailed it. You know, that was, I ran wow. his merch store for him That's for, cool. for a couple of years. So when Eddie was talking about how he put George Lynch and Don back together, it's like, whoa, <laughs> that did not happen. It happened right here. Here's the video. Here's the date. You're lying. And, you know, and, and then he just kind of was like, well, if nobody hears it, you know, he gave me the whole the tree falls in the woods thing. I was like, all right, asshole, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see if, if the tree is still falling in the woods or not. You know, <laughs> it was like I, I so I made a bunch of noise, but overall, you know, the weirdest thing I don't have a problem with Eddie personally. I I have his podcast on my phone. I listen to it every Thursday. I enjoy his interviews. I'm not gonna. I'll Same. never tell anybody that that he sucks and he can't interview and you know all that crap. I do agree with Neely's issue. Neely ran into him at a show because Neely runs into him at a lot of shows because. Eddie hosts a lot of the shows that Doc and plays and Neely gave him a shirt. He handed him a shirt. And when Eddie turned and walked away and Neely walked away, Neely, I don't know, he dropped something or something. He came back to the room. He found the shirt in the garbage and he was really pissed off about it, that Eddie would take the shirt from him and then throw it right away. And he brought it to the show and he's right to bring it to the show. He's right to bring attention to it. So, yeah. You know, it is what oh, it is. God. It's a, it's definitely a weird, weird, it's a, I'm, a, I'm in a weird place with it because again, I don't have a real issue with Eddie. I enjoy what he does. So, but could, I got to stand yeah. by my guy. He could have at least waited till he got out to his car and thrown it away later, you know, or I mean, given it in the trunk. Right. 
Yeah, or give it passive aggressive. <laughs> how about just give it away to any of the 50 musicians he's about to run into? Exactly. Well, yeah. I mean, but if he's going to be, you know, at least don't be so you're going to find yeah. it in the trash can. You know? Well, it, and again, it, it goes down to you think you can do stuff when you think you're bigger than you are. Right. And in the end, I mean, again, not taking anything away from everything he's accomplished. He's accomplished a lot of great stuff and good for him. And, you know, and he's great to flaunt that Rolodex and say, well, I know Mike Portnoy and Mike Piazza and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, all right, bro. Well, my phone has quite a few freaking phone numbers in it as well, my friend. <laughs> you know, it's like, you ain't that special. You're just a DJ, just like me. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's weird. It's a weird line because we're such fans. And uh, I, I don't know. I put you and Eddie truck like you were kind of one of us. But you've well, been doing it just as long as he has, you know, but sure. You're yeah, not you on know, some pedestal. Well, I, I, he wants to be famous. I just want to do good work. There's a, yeah. there's a difference, you know, there's, you'll never hear me. I, you know, I challenge anybody to find, find any audio of me unless I'm kidding. And you'll know when I'm kidding, but I defy anybody to ever find any audio of me saying, well, this is where I'm going to be. And you guys can come out and see me. And you know, you know, no, <laughs> you know, I mean, I'll, I'll certainly tell people, Hey, I'm going to the Jews pre-show, you know, let's have a beer, you know, <laughs> cool. <laughs> you know, that's cool. But uh, you know, I, I, I just can't be that guy. And that's, that's his trip. He wants to be a rock, rock star, you know, rock star that doesn't play an instrument. Okay. Go ahead. Exactly. Uh, well, you know, I also want to talk about someone who inspired me to start the show, and sure. that was uh, Toomey, Joshua sure. Toomey. Right. I saw his I saw his interview. I listened to his interview, and um, I don't even know if Johnny knows this, but I, I was listening to his interview with Bones. I okay. was just looking up Suck Mojo podcast, you know, any kind sure. of Suck Mojo, and that popped up, and I, I listened to it, and um, he inspired me, and I reached out to him, and so... How did you hook up with Johnny? Not Johnny, uh, Joshua. <laughs> um, I don't know. Honestly, that's one of those. I don't know where we cross paths. I just know that we did at some point. And, um, you know, we we had a mutual friendship. We liked each other. You know, at some point, um, Toomey had my friend John as his co-host. You oh, know, John. He, yeah, yeah. John Drake. Yep. Yeah. John Drake. And, um, you know, John is one of my absolute closest best friends. And oh, he's so cool. And I, he, got his, I got his shirt on, too. I got a rubber shirt. Nice. There you go. Got a rubber Talk to, to me. Stuff. <laughs> yeah, anyway. But John but Drake, he, he's cool, too, man. Yeah, he's cool. And, um, you know, they, they ended up doing it for a little while, and that didn't work. And he's had a couple of hosts, and, and he's never been happy. You know, not, not, and I don't want to say that like he, he was unhappy, but he was, he never felt like the show was going exactly the way he wanted it to go. And, um, I don't know, before, before the beginning of last year, probably like a year, two Octobers ago, I guess he reached out to me and said, yeah, I'm looking for another co-host and I'm looking for somebody that does like what you do, but I'd rather if I just ask you. And I was, and and he even told me he didn't think I would do it because I was busy with, you know, at the time aftershocks and with CMS and I'm a media whore. I'll do it. I'll do any <laughs> show. I don't care. You know, and I, and I just was like, yeah, you know, you want to do it? I'll do it. And, and we started doing it and it's been, it's been a lot of fun. And, you know, recently I kind of took the reins off a little bit. We've kind of him and I have had some talk because I, I was trying to be a little more good, Chris, on talk to me a little bit because it is <laughs> okay. corporate. Well, it's corporate sponsored and yeah, you no, know, with, I, uh, not fest, yeah, 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 with not fest and and the ownership group of not fest manages a lot of the bands that we talk about. They manage Megadeth, they manage Slipknot, they manage Lamb of God, they you know, a lot of the bands. So I was trying a little bit to be oh, Lamb of God. <laughs> great bunch of guys you know was, <laughs> i was just trying to be that guy and then uh just recently um recently i was told pull it back let it go say what you want and i was like okay fair enough and you know i don't have any problem doing that so you know well, so they, go ahead no i was gonna say they, they when you guys are together it's a great dynamic uh i just i love it and i've listened to 
Josh, uh, Joshua Toomey with John Drake when John Drake's great too, but there's some kind of chemistry with you guys that are just, sure. it's, it's just like you and Eric. I mean, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. If you can just do that with anybody, I guess. I mean, you got yeah. a good track track record. Well, you know what? I never shut up so I can vibe with just about anybody because I, <laughs> I never do shut up, but um, you know, I, I'm, I am very, very, if I have a skill that I am very, very fortunate to have, it's at being a good communicator. You know, I, I'm really good at telling stories. I'm really good at sharing stories in any medium, whether it's this medium or, you know, I've written six books and they've all sold really well. And, um, yes, you know, yeah, you're, I, you're on audible, man. I was listening to you on audible. I was like, <laughs> I was like how cool is this? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean, I do a little bit of everything and, but communication I'm, I'm especially good at. And, you know, it's probably the only thing that I actually truly work hard to be good at. You know, I, I, I don't know if I told you this, but I know I've said this a zillion times. Um, I listen back to every single interview I do every single one of them, you know, which most people do not do. Most people, you know, you know, dude, you've done a ton of interviews. Yeah. Some of them are yeah. good. Some of it's them hard. are good, you know, and some of them are just, are just bad. And, but my thing is I, I'll take a bad one. I just did one that I didn't think was very good. It's out there now. If people want to watch it, a band called Anzillo, A-N-Z-I-L-O-U <laughs> out of um, Finland. And, and the guy, the guy, I mean, he spoke enough English, but he didn't understand English really well. And oh. nice enough guy. I mean, nice, nice enough guy, but it was just very, he didn't know enough English to have a conversation. So it was, so you're going out on tour, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, it was, one yeah. of those, it was one of those type of interviews. Oh. Dude, and, I interviewed. Oh, I'm sorry. Keep going. Well, well, I, I was just going to say, but I took that interview and I tore it down and I just, in my own head, I was like, okay, what am I going to do if this happens again? You know, how do I react to a short term? You know, how did I get out of practice on this? You know, what, what could I have done to make this better? And next one with that kind of guy, it will be better. Get some uh, Google translate or something going on. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I, I can, I can generally make the, make it work. You know, I mean, it, the thing that I try to do, and I think I'm successful at it, is I try not to be script guy. There's too many of those guys out there in the interview sphere where you just know they're reading questions. And I'll have like five or six bullet points, you know, the, and, and usually the bullet points are name of the album, date it's being released, you know, the things that I got to get out there, the dates that the tour dates start, the website, you know, those. Yes. And but for the most part, I just tend to ask questions and listen. And that's the best interviews that I think anybody can do is if you just, instead of asking, so you recorded this record and blah, 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 blah. And they answer the question and you can already tell that the person's like shuffling around and looking at his list for the next question. It's like, no, listen to what the guy says. And then he, if he mentions a name or something, then it's like, well, well, how did that guy get involved? How did he end up producing the record? Did you know him before? You know, and, and you, you end up having a conversation. The next thing you know, 30, 40 minutes have blown by, and you're like, damn, that kicked ass. Oh, that's exactly true. Uh, and I was in inter- that reminded me, I was interviewing HR of Bad Brains, which I love okay. Bad Brains. Yeah. And and I was so great. I was brand new, and he was probably my ninth or tenth interview ever. <laughs> right. And every answer was uh, you know. I was I I did the whole you know what'd you think of your first album kind of like a rookie I don't know <laughs> and his answers were just like that it was nice and I can just feel the sweat go over I'm like well I'm running out of questions man but so I guess it's like a learning curve of you know like mm-hmm. you're saying having bulletproofs with like bullet points but you know approaching somebody who just gives you that single answer I mean that's the skill you know I mean just like mm-hmm. I don't know what you do like to try to butter them up. Well, I'll tell you what I do. I, I have first thing is, is I never, I always ask questions that start with like, what, you know, what is a great interview question? Because if you ask them, did you, or do you, you know, or what's it like, 
Those are all one word answers. What's it like? It's great. Yeah. You know, you know, but if you ask him, what did you do to make it great? Now he has to answer. He has to answer. You know, and, and that's what I do is I, I, I ask question after question after question about what, what made that work? Oh, you like the guitar solo on it? You know, and again, if they say that to me, I really like the guitar solo on this song. Really? Well, what made you play that? Was it something the band came up with or was it something that you came up with? Tell me what made that happen. Boom. Now we're talking and now we're digging into the song and now I can go any which way with that from what he says. And it becomes a conversation. See, Johnny, this is genius, man. We got to start saying (laughs) what I'm taking middle notes all over the place over here. That is how you do interviews. You ask a lot of what questions. No, that's great advice. Uh, Going back to Neely, because I I love Neely. He he cracks me up. But sure. How how exactly did you meet Neely? Like, where did Neely come from? Um, All right. This I I could tell you the exact place I met him. I met him at a Black Crows concert in 2001 at um, where was it at? Um, Somewhere here in Cleveland. And uh, I was with my friend Randy and we went to see the Black Crows and Randy was the the Chris Aiken of the classic metal show before me. And, um, and he, he ran into Neely and he introduced me at the show. And at the time I owned a little music magazine and Neely just said to me, he said, Hey, if you ever want to come down and promote your music magazine, come down. So I did, you know, I, I did. And we started riffing one night. Like I, it was just, off the cuff and it was kind of you know at this point i was already on wmms so it wasn't like i was like shy or anything about being on the radio and but i came down with neely and i started doing impressions and i started doing some silliness and like we just vibed immediately and neely told me that he knew that day that we would do something so you know and 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 it really was that kind of a we just knew that it worked and we, we vibed well together and, you know, here we are. And that was, like I said, it was like 2001 or two here. We still are 2023 still doing it. Oh, it's great, man. I, I love you guys cracked me up. Um, the, my favorite is when you guys disagree on something, <laughs> whether like how someone like a female looks or like, oh, like yeah, you yeah. think she's hot and she, he does it. And you just guys go down this road. You, it's like, a, I don't know, man. it cracks me up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and well, I didn't think he looked that way when I looked when I googled him I was like whoa he doesn't look like the way he sounds like I right found <laughs> yeah, a bounty every, hunter or whatever yeah everybody says he looks like dog the bounty hunter which is funny but yeah he's uh you know I mean we are different people and I think that's yeah. a good thing for the show is that you know he's very very rigid you know he's very <laughs> clean cut guy and you know never been high never smoked anything never never been drunk in his life. <laughs> never had a one night stand, never done nothing wild. And I'm a lunatic. Jo- Johnny know? and I've never done anything crazy like that either. So nothing. We're just like Neil. We go to church. <laughs> That's it. Well, I, I, I can tell you, I cannot relate to that in any way, shape or form because I have lived <laughs> the bulk of my life as an absolute lunatic running around. And I can tell you every sex, drugs and rock and roll story you want to know from you know, and I've written books. There's this book, the, um, the, my, um, and other things I should not say, which is my, um, my book about my time in the military where I was running around Korea and California, just being really out of control, you know? And, and I mean, it's very dirty. <laughs> I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, it's think, think penthouse forums, spray, I don't know, two tons of um, testosterone on top of that. And that's what you got. It was, it was, it, it was a crazy time for me to say the absolute least. And, um, and, you know, I put it all out there. I'm not, I'm not shy. I'm definitely not shy, but I definitely have done everything from running around crazy in other countries to shooting heroin to, you know, pick a, pick your poison and I've done it. So, you know. Did you um you know you wrote a book about being burned right? You, yes, sir. 
So, so for those who don't know, you got severely yes. burned on a work work accident. Yeah, I, was, right? I was working in a steel mill. A furnace blew up, and I took a, a seventy two hundred pound molten shower. You know, I got um sixty nine percent burned, fifty two percent third degree with grafts. Yeah, it was a it was a it's... monster. I had twenty two surgeries, um, uh, fourteen months of rehabbing, relearning to use my fingers and walk, and you know, and doing all kinds of. <laughs> you know, recovery, but I, you know, made it through it and onward we went. Was this in yeah, Cleveland I've, as well? What's that? Was this in Cleveland as well? It was. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was, it was, it was here in town. And, um, and yeah, you know, it's one of those things. I know I tell people this all the time and nobody believes me on this, but um, I don't want to say I'm glad it happened, but I'm glad something happened. Because at the time, at the time that it happened, I was going nowhere. I wasn't, I was gonna, I was gonna be a steel worker. That was what I was gonna become was making 15 bucks an hour. By now I'd probably still be there. I'd be making 20 bucks an hour and I wouldn't be happy. I wasn't happy then. I hated it. It was not my, my lot in life. When it happened to me, I really had to work. I had to you know, I mean, I had to do insane amounts of work to, to make, especially my hands. It took me forever to, cause all the tendons in my hands got burned through and they rolled back on my, on my, you know, the worst part was I didn't go out. I didn't black out when this thing happened. I actually got up and somehow stumbled my way out. So I got to see the bones in my hand and stuff. It was brutal. It was really, <sighs> really brutal. But, um, I had to work so hard to, to, to gain back use of my fingers and relearn to walk. And, you know, when that was done, I didn't know how to stop. You know, I, I didn't, I couldn't go back to working eight hours a day. I've never, that happened in 94 and I went back to work in 97 or eight, I think one of them two. And I've never not had at least two jobs ever. Since then, you know, I mean, I've always had multiple businesses and even now, you know, I mean, you guys heard what I've been doing recently, six books, built a network, built a TV station, run two businesses. You know, I'm a, I'm a working machine because I learned to be productive and it was something that I did not have prior to that. Yeah. So if that didn't happen, you know, like you said, I wonder if you'd have that drive motivation i wouldn't have there's there's no i didn't i i could tell you i was working third shift and i would go to work i would do my eight hours i would come home i would watch tv till about noon i would sleep i would repeat that was what i was doing i wasn't doing anything else nothing and i was content being uh being a slug you know and that's nothing against steel workers i'm saying Chris Aiken was a slug that, you know, <laughs> and, um, after it, I just got to be busy and I love to achieve stuff. I love more than anything. You know, I'm not, I'm not driven by dollars or whatever. And, you know, I make a good living and obviously I have businesses, so I'm not broke, but you know, I'm, I'm driven by, I'm driven by when people are like, how do you get all that done? That's, that's like the happiest I get is when people say stupid stuff like that. Cause it's like, well, you know how I get it done? Cause I do it, you know, that's it. It's yeah. not, it's not rocket science. I just do things, but yeah, here's that book, by the way, if you want to see it, I don't know if it'll come through with the green screen or not, but this call one me Chris. is call me Chris, my, my burn book, which is definitely a difficult, write. That one is a very, very difficult to write. So when you saw like James Hetfield getting burned on on the tour of uh, mm -hmm. what was it the the Black Album? Yeah, yeah, on the you're Black like, Album tour. Sure, you're like you're like ah, nah, I'm, I'm you, the, I got it worse. I, I, <laughs> I I'm like that now, or like Jay Leno recently. Jay Leno's no, making okay, a big deal know. about about himself getting burned by like a barbecue grill or something. I'm like, all right, <laughs> all right, rookie. You know, <laughs> you know, you know. It's like nah, you you're not in my league yet here. What's crazy is that, like, if you see burned victims, I mean, they look mm -hmm. like deformed, and yet you got burned severely, and you look normal. You know, so you know that's what, dude? that's good. I got I got so lucky. I was wearing a face shield when this thing blew up. It blew up kind of this way at me, 
-hmm. you know, I was standing in front of it and came up. And when it came up, I just came like this with my hands and you could see maybe a little bit right there. There's one little tiny burn spot that that's where my hands didn't cover. And, and the rest of it was my hands, which took the beating, you know, my hands took, took the bulk of the beat and, you know, thankfully they work, you know, and it's, and it's been a crazy ride to make them work because, you know, at one point, at one point, and I tell the story all the time, but it's, it's, it's ironic. And to me, it's funny to everybody else. I'm like, holy shit. But, you know, they, they had this big meeting with my doctors and my mom and my dad and my, my wife at the time. And, you know, they brought them all in and they were like, well, we're going to do surgery tomorrow and we're going to definitely cut off your pinky because we got some gangrene in your knuckle and your pinky. So we got to cut off your pinky. And when we're in there, we're going to take another look at your elbow and we're 99% sure we're going to probably have to take the whole arm off at the elbow because, because again, that gangrene in it. And then they went on to say that I had to work really hard if I wanted to be able to walk again with a four prong walker. And I was like, and, and you know, my mom starts bawling. My, even my dad started crying at my, my wife bawling and I started laughing. I just was, you know, and and I will admit I was way doped up on, on morphine, <laughs> but I did. I started laughing and, and the doctor's like, no, no, we're serious about this. You know, this is, this is a big decision. And I was, I was, I looked at my, my wife and I said, if I wake up and I don't have anything, I'm never going to let you hear the end of this ever. And I was like really firm with it. And I looked at the doctor and I told the doctor, I said, if I die, it's on my terms, not yours, mm-hmm. you know? And, yeah. and I meant it. And my, my God bless her. My ex did not sign off on it. She, she said no. And, you know, and I worked, I, they did the surgeries they needed to, to clean it up as, as much as they could. And I'll admit that it was a stupid decision because it, it, you know, it was very, so you can live without an arm. You know, you, you know, Rick, Rick Allen been doing it forever, made millions, <laughs> but you know, you can live without an arm. I had little kids at the time. I, you know, my, my daughter was three, my boys were 18 months old. And here I am saying, no, if you cut off my finger, I'm not going to live. You know, I'm, I'm making, <laughs> making a super, super selfish decision. And, you know, in hindsight, I think if the same thing happened to me today, I would be like, all right, chop away, you know, but at 26 years old, I was like, uh-uh, I'm a, I'm a man. God damn it. You can't, <laughs> can't tell me, you know, but that's why one of the, one of the titles, the title of my call me Chris book is a tale of healing, recovery, selfishness and resolve, because I definitely, you know, I I'm a pretty straight shooter and I wanted to acknowledge that it wasn't, you know, this isn't the story. If you're looking for that story of, and then Jesus came down and carried me to, no, that wasn't my story. My story was a lot of screaming and yelling and throwing remote controls. Cause I was mad that people wouldn't help me and, you know, making stupid decisions that probably weren't smart, but worked out. And, you know, I told a real story and, you know, and I'm proud of that story. I'm proud of the whole, you know, the whole accident because who goes through stuff like that, you know, and, and more to the point who goes through stuff like that and is not hiding from it. And I don't hide from anything. I do not, you know, I never have, I've never been like, well, I better wear a hat and, a, you know, sleeves at 95 degree days or, you know, I'm like, here's the scars. I got them at work. Want to ask, ask, don't, don't, I don't care. You know, it's like you live for the day and you do what you do. And, you know, I'll take my story over anybody else that doesn't have the scars. I live with my scars. I need like your like daily like wisdom like quotes. You know that, that's a good. <laughs> I feel like you just drop some wisdom. That's good, man. Now I just did. I I just the the best wisdom I can give you is the same wisdom that I live with every single day, which is I was not on December twelfth of ninety four. They had to shock me back to life. Heart stopped. I died. They brought me back. I do not forget that not one day in the 28 years or whatever it's been since 
You know, not one single day do I wake up and just be lazy. None. You know, I was in the hospital with COVID. I had COVID for God's sakes, almost died a year and a half ago with the COVID. And I still was doing work on my phone as best as I could, even though I couldn't breathe. And I still called in on the classic metal show the Saturday that I was in the hospital because I don't know how to sit back and relax and wait for it to come to me. You know, I was like, if I, and I remember thinking that in the hospital with the COVID, I was like, if this is indeed the last day, I better do something that people talk about. And I was like, okay, that's how I'll do it. And I did. Yeah, that's amazing. It's life, dude. Uh, people go through <laughs> shit, you know? So, um, are you going to do any more? I think I've asked this maybe, but I'm, you know, I, I love the audible books and I listen sure. to your, your, I think it was Motley Crue you did. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Are you going to release any of your books on audible or any you plans know, to, you know what I, I would like to, the problem is they're long. They're, they're very long and, um, they take a ton of time to do like that Motley Crue one took me, I don't know. It took me like a month to read it and it's not, it's not that long of a book, you know, it's, it's really not that long, but I, you know, I I'm very particular and literally I was doing, I'd read a chapter and then I would open it up in um, audacity or wave lab or whatever I was using. And I'm, I'm this guy that's sitting there. I listen to every sentence and I'm like, all right, that pause is too long. Let me cut a little of that pause. <laughs> and I, and I'm doing this for every sentence of every book you know, of every chapter of every book, I'm, I'm analyzing every sentence and, Oh, I stumbled over that. Let me reread the whole sentence again. You know, and I, and I, it took me forever. I've thought about, especially call me Chris or my other one, my divorce book, little victories. I've thought about doing those two. Those are, those are both like 70,000 words and they're, you know, they're like 350 pages or whatever. And um, I've thought about doing those, but if I do, I don't think it'll be me reading it. It'll, it'll just, I don't have the time in my life to do it. I just don't. Even I, if you have somebody else read it, I would still love it. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to work and listen to that stuff, man, like podcasts. I, I've had a lot of people that have asked me to do it and, you know, and, and I should. I mean, it, it's not even that expensive. Hell, anymore with the stupid AI, I could probably buy a program for 50 bucks and probably read the whole book for me. <laughs> you know probably could i'll bet you i could these i you know what i'm gonna no it's out take there a look man. At that. Yeah, it's out there you just gotta find it right just yeah just find it. find it and save it and make it happen i've always thought about doing an audible book about the experiences i've had on good company so sure. I don't, you know that eventually i want to do something like that just kind of you know because yeah. i don't want to forget this stuff you know no dude i have a cd that's out there it's on spotify if people want to want to check it out it's called the best of music's bottom line and it's um it, it, it was put out by a record company and i'll get to that in a minute because they're driving me nuts with this thing but um um what i did was i used to and i still do to some extent but i used to ask some really hard questions to people like and so i i took the hardest questions that I asked people or, or the craziest responses. And I put them together in a CD and there's like 20, 25 of answers in there. And they're big name people. It's not, I mean, some of it's little, but a lot of it is a uh, Rob Halford ice cube. Um, I don't know, Rob zombie, um, you know, big, bigger, bigger profile guys. And uh, you know, um, I think Bill Wyman from the Rolling Stones is on it, you know, like, Oh, legitimate, legitimate guys that, I, and here I am asking asshole <laughs> questions, you know, you know, I, I mean, I asked ice cube, I said to ice cube, I said, um, this is when he was touring with corn. And I don't know if you guys are at all familiar with his work, but mm. you know, he on lethal injection, he has a song where he just hammers groupies and specifically white groupies. Like he's just talks about how they're just garbage. So I asked him if he would change his stance on banging groupies since he was going on an, on a basically all white tour. <laughs> and he just was like, what the, you know, he didn't know what to say to that, but it was really kind of funny. And, and, you know, and, and 
that's, you know, that I love doing that. I love doing that kind of stuff and having fun with it. The only reason I wanted to bring up the record company is because now that I've mentioned it here, I know people are going to go look at it on Spotify. The track names are all goofed up and that has nothing to do with me. Like every, like the track names are just the names of the band or whatever it is. So, so ice cube might be Hanson. And then the next one is supposed to be enough's enough. And it's Sammy Hagar. And you know, it's, it's, it's all jumbled. And, and I've emailed the guy from the label because i sold the record to a to a label guy at some point i didn't keep the rights or i I didn't care i just was like yeah it's just something i was doing and you know i sold because if i owned it then i would fix it but you know now i i've sent so many i've sent emails even to spotify and said hey these track names are all wrong and they're like well submit the right name so i went through it i named all the names and then they never did nothing with it so so if you go and you listen to it, don't blame me that the track names are wrong, but it is a good listen. If you like hearing Wilder, like Bruce Dickinson, Bruce Dickinson saying that he doesn't need Iron Maiden anymore. You know, that that's, that's one of the clips that's in there. And my son goofing on the Hanson kid because he wasn't the Hanson kid that my, at the time, five-year-old son wanted to talk to. So he's like, ah, let's go talk to my dad. I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> you know, it's just crazy, crazy little bits that I had that I thought were fun. And it, it, it's a fun listen. So so how exactly can you find that on Spotify? Like, you I, I know you look, told me. If you just look up music's bottom line, like music with an apostrophe S, it's just music's bottom line on Spotify. And I think it's just called the best of music's bottom line. All right, I'm making a note of that. Yeah, I mean it's a fun listen, and and I do a little voiceover. It's funny to me hearing it because it was so long ago. My voice is like three octaves higher, and it's like, wow, I sound completely different. And you know, and I have this big audio. It, it, it's so old fashioned now because it has like a big audio bed underneath. Every time I'm talking, you're just dun to dun to dun, like a, like I'm running a marathon or something. It's like <laughs> it's goofy, but whatever. I didn't know what I was doing. I was trying something. Dude, well, I mean, I feel like we could speak all night, uh, but I really appreciate you being on this podcast. Oh, no man. problem, and, dude. And the, the CMS network, this means the world. Uh, John, you got anything you want to add? Are you good? No, man, just, uh, you know, hope everything's going good in Cleveland. I just uh, hate it for the weather and the gray sky, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not the most pleasant place to hang, but it's it's home and I'm used to it. And, you know, and I'm super happy to have you guys on the network. I will say that I am very, very happy to have you on the network and, you know, we got a lot of great things coming. You know, the network is gonna, I'm hopeful that people are going to start gravitating toward, I mean, we're already doing okay, but I'm hopeful that people are gonna really start using it for what it is for, if they like online radio, it's there. If they like interviews, it's there. If they like videos, it's there. You know, video on demand, it's there. You know, all of it in one place. One central I, location. Yeah, it's and great. I think that's missing out there today. I mean, you can, I, I think we all do the same thing. We all start at Blabbermouth and then we end up 400 different places. And, you know, I'd rather just be, here's the one place, start there. It's all right there. Hmm. Whatever that's you want. Awesome. But thanks for well, having me on. I definitely appreciate it. Chris, man, thank you so much. And I'm looking forward to working with you now, man. We're, yes. We're in this. It's going to be fun. But cool, man. Well, thank you so much, Chris. <laughs> I just hit my head right here.